I don't know that there's any other song that's written like, you know, that states the things that are stated in that song. That's good. That's a blessing. That'll sing and that'll preach. <laughs> that's good stuff. Proverbs chapter 8 is where I want you to go to tonight, if you would. We're going to use this as just a, basically it's a jump off verse. <clears throat> and then we'll get, we'll get to right, right into the message. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 33. Let's all stand together, if you would. And let's, let's read and recite the verse together. Very short verse. Uh, but let's say it together. Let's say it two times through, all right? If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with yours. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 33. Let's say it together. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. One more time. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Let's bow for prayer. Father, if there's anything that we need in this day and age is we need wisdom. Lord, as your people, you've told us that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. I am thank so thankful that you know, one of the things I appreciate about you, Lord, is is that every time I've asked you for wisdom, you've backed up that verse and backed up that promise and given me what I've needed over and over, time and time again. Lord, uh, help us tonight uh, have our eyes opened as to what, a, what a, a truly wise person is. What are some of the characteristics of a person who is wise? And, and Lord, may we, may we take these verses and, and look at ourselves Say, am I doing the things that are necessary uh, in order to be a wise person? Uh, Father, again, we're living in such a, such a dark time, and we're living in, in, uh, in an age where common sense is just not very common anymore. And uh, what we desperately need is your wisdom and your understanding. We pray, Father, that you'd bless this message tonight. We ask God that you'd speak to our hearts and show us areas where we need to shore up the walls of wisdom so that we might walk in that wisdom and do so uprightly and circumspectly. We pray your blessings now upon uh, this time together in your word. We ask that you would please speak to our hearts for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You know, uh, one of the things that you learn as you, as you mature in the Lord is you learn that a person can be smart, but they can be foolish. And the book of Proverbs does not talk about, about um, smart people and foolish people. It talks about wise people and and, and foolish people. And that, th there's a real difference there. You might not have a, a whole lot of mental acuity. You might not have a whole lot of mental ability. You might not be the smartest person on the face of the earth. But I don't care how much smartness you've got, you can be wise. You can be wise. Why? Because what a wise man sees is things as God sees them. And he acts accordingly, or she acts accordingly. Um, they, they, uh, wise people see things through the eyes of God and then process that and then respond uh, because of that wisdom that they see. 
you know, as the world gets darker, and it's going to continue to do so, uh, it, it is so important for us as God's people to get wiser. Did you ever notice something? Did you ever notice that sin complicates things in life? When, when, when sin enters into life, uh, and, and individual life, the more that sin piles up in a life, uh, whether they be saved or whether they be lost, the more that life gets complicated. Well, when sin piles up in the world, and, and, and I'll just say this uh, w- without, without hesitation, our world is more sinful now than it was 30 years ago. Our world is more sinful now than it was. I mean, it's always been a sinful world. I understand that. But sin is just, you know, continuing to increase. And, and when that happens, that not, not only makes things more complicated for those who sin, but it makes things more complicated for those that have to endure the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, circumstances that develop because of that sin. And so because of that, as sin is more and more accepted, and it is, I mean, there, there are things that are accepted that are sinful today. That, that God said were sinful for, for eons. Uh, there are things that are, are sinful that society accepts today that they didn't accept even 10 years ago. Uh, and when that happens, stuff gets complicated. Well, as stuff gets complicated, there's something that you and I need. And what we need is we need, we need to have wisdom. And, and I want to take a look tonight at just five, five characteristics of, of wise people found in the book of Proverbs. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Based upon what we look at tonight, am I wise? Am I wise? First one, go with me to Proverbs 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And in Proverbs 11, I want you to look down to the second to last verse. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. A person who wins souls to Jesus Christ, who is a witness for Jesus Christ, is wise. Now, obviously, it's, impl- it's implied and understood that in order for you to win someone to Christ, you have to be saved yourself. So the very first step toward wisdom really is to know for sure that your sins are forgiven, to know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, to be able to look back to a time in your life where you realize that you were a sinner, and you realize that your sin deserved judgment. And that if you were to die in your sins, that you would die and go to hell for all eternity. And that the only way you could get those sins forgiven, whether they be past sins, present sins, or future sins, is, is to come to Christ and trust Him and Him alone. The Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And through the, throughout particularly the book of Romans, that word gift is used time and time and time and time again. And, and uh, uh, I, I have always, always appreciated uh, the fact that God used that word because a gift is something that one person gives to another, and the giver always 
if it's done right, uh, the giver always pays the entire price for the gift. The receiver never pays a thing. All the receiver does is receive the gift. And, and that's, that's what salvation is. We are the receiver. God is the giver. But we have to, we have to receive it on the basis of the, the shed blood of Christ on the cross, his burial, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that his death is the total payment. You know, anytime somebody says, well, you, you need to trust Christ as Savior and, and you fill in the blank. And you need to be baptized. And you need to live a good life. And if you put an and there, then you're saying that Christ is not the total payment for your sin. And the truth is, is that over and over again, the, the, the Lord reiterates in Scripture that, uh, that Christ paid for our sins. He paid for not part of them, not most of them. He paid for all of them. And we need to come to him realizing that we're a sinner on our way to hell. The only way we can get our sins forgiven is by trusting him as Savior. And then when we cry out to him, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. doesn't mean to just say a prayer. It doesn't mean to re recite something that's on the back of a gospel track. I, I was at a... I was, I, I was at the Billy Graham, this is one of the reasons why I have a problem with the Billy Graham Association. I was at the Billy Graham Museum here a couple, three years ago. And uh, uh, it was actually a library, they call it. And there was a man standing at the door, and he had a little plastic card. And, and he, he was passing, as he was passing out the card, he said, you just pray the prayer that's on this card, and you will go to heaven. Well, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. Uh, if, you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's when you get saved. But it's, it's not repeating a prayer. It's not reading something on the back of a plastic card, a paper card, or any kind of card. It's, it's, it's trusting him in your heart. And it's, again, it's, it's, making, it's making what he did on the cross personal for you and and uh, allowing god to put put what he did on the cross uh when he died for your sins put it to your account so that so that uh, you can have and you do have your sins forgiven so obviously a person has to be saved before he can win someone else but the bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise a person who witnesses and wins people to christ is a wise person. Uh, the fruit of the righteous for a Christian is the fruit of the Spirit which produces other Christians. And it, 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 it causes other people to desire to have what you have. There, there is a sense, and you know, I, uh, you hear this, this stuff, and, and you need to filter it through Scripture. People say, well, I didn't win someone to Christ. The Holy Spirit did. I was simply his, his channel. Well, that's true. However, uh, the Bible says that, uh, says, uh, that uh, uh, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. 
Yes, you're, you're, not the, you know, you're not the person who does the saving, but you're the one that threw them out the lifeline. <laughs> you're the one that pointed them to Christ. You're the one that gave the witness. And in that respect, uh, you have a part in their salvation if a person gets saved because of your witness. Go to Jude. Uh, of course, there's only one chapter there. Jude, verses 21 through 23. And this is this is this verse really points out the fact that it's it's personal. It's something that we have a part in. <clears throat> yeah, Jude twenty one through twenty three says, "Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire." hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Whenever you, you have the privilege of leading a soul to Christ or having a part in a person's salvation, you are pulling them out of the fire. You know, one of the things that uh, uh, I think sometimes we as, as Christians forget about because we're saved from it, we forget that there is a real hell out there that others are gonna, going to go to if they don't trust Christ as Savior. And they won't trust Christ as Savior if we don't give them the message. So there, there is a sense in which, in which we do the winning. I realize it's God who does the work in the heart. I understand all that. And I think you do too. But we have a part in it. John, John R. Rice, who was a, a famous evangelist, and he also pastored, I guess, for a while. He, he uh, uh, wrote a lot of books, and, and he uh, was the founder, I believe, and the editor of The Sword of the Lord. He, uh, he, he defines the, the sin of not witnessing as sixfold. Uh, he says there's a sixfold sin that we enter into. When we, when we don't witness. Number one, it's disobedience to the main command of Christ. And before he left this earth, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, number two, he says, uh, he says that the, the uh, uh, sin of not witnessing is a lack of love for Christ. If, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. And one of his commandments is to go on out and witness. Uh, the third is not abiding in Christ. In other words, uh, when the Bible tells us in John 15, when we abide in Christ, that we bring forth fruit. Now, there's different kinds of fruit in the Bible, but one of the kinds of fruit are people, people that trust him as Savior. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. The, 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 the fourth uh, the, the fourth thing that, that it, it causes uh, the lack of being a witness to be a sin is the folly of a short-sighted fool. Um, we, we, we don't think beyond the moment. Uh, we see people, and, and Lord got a hold of me about this just this week, and I had the opportunity to give a, a brief witness to someone who I, I've seen time and time and time again and really realized, wait a minute, I've really not really witnessed to this person. So I gave the person a track, I'm going to see him again in the next couple of weeks. I said, I, I want you to take this tract, I want you to read it, and then when you come back again, and it's going to, he's going to come back and do some service here at the church, 
So when you come back again, we'll discuss it, okay? He says, okay. He says, I'll read it. That, that's good. Um, sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves, we get so wrapped up in, in, in just today that we forget that the people that we pass, we forget the people that we have contact with on a daily basis, uh, are going somewhere eternally. Um, you know, I realize the Bible talks about eternal life, but the Bible also talks about eternal death. Every human being on the face of this earth is, is going to exist eternally. They're not going to live eternally, but they're going to exist eternally. They're either going to live eternally or they're going to die eternally, really, if you look at it. And, and by not facing that and realizing that, when, when, we, when we pass and, and have, have time with other people, it, it's, it's a folly of a short-sighted fool. The fifth thing is, is, is spiritual manslaughter. Um, spiritual manslaughter, what do you mean by that? In other words, I, I have always been amazed how, with Christians, they can get so upset, and, and rightfully so, and so enraged, and rightfully so, about abortion and you ought to be upset about abortion it should appall you um uh, you know uh, we should do everything we can to to prevent abortions from happening and and uh, it's why well because it's murder okay and and folks will get on that bandwagon but they won't pass a tract out they won't go door to door they won't witness to the people at work um you know, really, in a, in a real sense, uh, in a real sense, lack of witnessing is spiritual manslaughter. And then his sixth thing was it's being dishonest to a sacred trust. When Jesus left, he basically what he told his disciples is, I'm gone, but you aren't. You have the, the responsibility and the opportunity and the privilege of passing the message on. And that's a, that's a sacred trust. I would add a seventh thing to it. And the, the seventh one I would add to it is it shows our lack of love for others. It does show a lack of love for God, but it also shows a lack of love for others. So the, the first characteristic of, of a wise person is that they win souls. They're, they, are a, they are a witness for Jesus Christ. Do you have that, that wisdom? There's wisdom that comes. Uh, it, it's not only that you are a wise man, but you get wisdom just from being a witness for Jesus Christ. Second thing, Proverbs chapter 10. Go to Proverbs 10. And look in verse 8. Proverbs 10, 8. It says, The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. It says a, a wise person receives commandments. Now the implication there is that, that they don't just listen to them. They, they, because they receive them, means they take it to heart and they do what the commandments tell them to do. Um, and it says commandments. It, it's, it's, it's in general. It's not the commandments. It's not just talking about the, just the Ten Commandments. It's talking about commandments in general. Uh, not only the commandments of God, but even the commandments of others. Uh, a, a commandment is an order given by an authority. Uh, a person who is wise 
enjoys being obedient. A person who is wise uh, enjoys doing what they've been told to do, unless what they've been told to do is something that's wrong, and then that's a different situation altogether. But, but um, according to the Bible, a wise person hears and obeys. A foolish person hears and, and either disobeys outrightly or talks about what he was told to do but never does it. Uh, and, and either one of those is, is, is not wisdom. A, a wise man will act on what he's told to do. Uh, he has a right attitude about the authority who has given the command, and, and he does what he's told. Um, years ago, I had a, in, in another church that I pastored, uh, there, one of the things that they complained about when I first got there was the fact that, that uh, there's just no opportunities for fellowship. And uh, so I, I prayed about it, and, and God gave me an idea. And that is to have a, uh, little, little fellowships in the homes uh, once a month, put, put a person in charge of it, have them bring some snacks and stuff, maybe even a meal, uh, and uh, uh, use that opportunity to discuss something in the Bible. And, and I, I, I gave them uh, a little plan of verses to, to, to discuss each month and so forth. And uh, just, you know, made it very plain and very clear. Be careful about what you talk about at those things because they can degenerate. Those kind of things can. And that's one of the reasons why I gave them a, a, a particular subject to discuss together. This is the answer I got back by many people. So nobody's going to tell me what to talk about. You know what that is? That's a foolish person. That's a person who's saying, basically, nobody's going to tell me what to do. That kind of person does not have wisdom. Uh, the truth is, uh, a, a wise person uh, enjoys being told what to do and then fulfilling it and being able to go back and say, I have done what you told me to do. Now, I'm not talking about people, just any, any Joe off the street bossing you around. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm, I'm, I am talking about being obedient to those that have a right to tell you what to do. Um, I, I've, I've, I've heard it over the years. I've heard it in this church where I, I've, I've stood up and I said, listen, we're going to need to do this and this and this and this. And if you're in this particular uh, ministry, this is what I'd have you to do. <laughs> you're not telling me what to do. Well, yeah, I am, because I'm in authority. Uh, there is something wrong when we have that kind of attitude that, you know, no one is going to tell us what to do. Uh, a wise man enjoys... Uh, you know, getting orders and knowing what the parameters are and getting the job done. A fool resents it. Uh, God, God teaches things to people who are submissive. God teaches things to people that have uh, uh, an, uh, uh, a hunger and an attitude to, to obey him. Um, I mentioned this this morning uh, in Psalm 119. One of the things that you get from Psalm 119 is not only 
how wonderful God's Word is, and that entire psalm is dedicated to the wonders of the Word of God. But the other thing you get from it, too, is the psalmist's attitude. And the psalmist's attitude is, God, tell me to do, what to do, because I'm eager to do it. Give me a command, because I want to do it. Please, give me something to do. Give me a command to obey. And you see that, really, you see that, that attitude from the beginning to the end of Psalm 119. And that's the kind of person that, uh, that God gives wisdom to. Uh, if, if we receive commandments, we get wisdom. Uh, you know, the question I, 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 I'd, I'd like to ask you tonight is, how well do you take orders? First of all, how well do you take orders from God? And then secondly, how well do you take orders from others? Um, it's, it's part of life. And, and our, the wisdom that we get in life is, is dependent upon our attitude toward authority, our attitude toward God, and our attitude toward things that we're asked to do. Not only how well do you take orders, but how well do you take orders that you don't like? That's when your character is revealed is when you're, 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 I'm not talking about doing something that's unbiblical. I'm not talking about doing something that's sinful. I'm not talking about doing something that's wrong. I'm talking about someone who has the right to give you a command. And of course, God has that right. And there are things that God has told me to do that I've not wanted to do. But the question is, am I willing to do it? And, and do I have a right attitude about not only his commandments, but the commandments I get from others who are in authority in my life? Then, then another, another characteristic of a wise person. Go to Proverbs 12. Proverbs chapter 12. <clears throat> Proverbs 12, look down in verse 15. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool... Is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. In other words, uh, you have to make a decision, and uh, you hearken to counsel. That means you listen to them. That means you pay attention to it. That means you consider it and respond accordingly. A wise person hearkens unto counsel. A wise person understands that they don't know everything and that other people know some things that they don't know and can be a help and a blessing in their decision. And a wise man will not only hearken to counsel, but a wise man will seek counsel. A wise person will, will, will look for counsel before making decisions. Again, because he knows or she knows that they they don't have all the information, and, and they need to get as much as they can. And by the way, we're talking about getting counsel, not announcing our decision. There's a difference. There's a difference. I, Pastor Keck is famous for, for saying, uh, you know, some folks, they don't get counsel, they just make news conferences. Uh, and all they do is just simply announce what they're about to do. Well... You know what? When you announce what you're about to do, I guess you didn't really want any counsel. All you wanted to do was tell me what you've decided to do. A person who is wise will hearken to counsel and they'll, they'll also seek it out. Now, the foolish 
is proud and the foolish are arrogant and they think they know all the angles. They think that they've, they've got all their bases covered. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that this last year has, has proven, and as Adam said, it's, it's been, you say, this is the last time we met? Right around this time? Okay. Because I know, I know it, was a, it was just before, I believe it was the Sunday, and we could go back to a calendar and figure it out. It was the Sunday before, uh, the, the Sunday before, the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday. It was the Sunday before Palm Sunday. Because when Palm Sunday hit, we had no people here. And, uh, and then we had no people on, on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Um, but during, during this last year, I've uh, been throwing so many curveballs. And, and I'm thankful that uh, we've got some wise people in our church, and I've gone to some of you, and I've gone to our deacons, and said, guys, uh, I need your wisdom. What, what, what should we do here? What should we consider here? And the uh, uh, Bible says that a person who is wise will seek out counsel. And who you get counsel from is extremely important. Um, who should you get counsel from? Be careful. But have a I don't know, I, I call it my board of counselors. I've got in my mind, I don't have anything done on paper, but I got in my mind who I go see for certain things. And there are people in our church that have been places and been through things that you've never been through before. There are folks in our church, it's, it's amazing, the, the backgrounds, the, the myriad of backgrounds that we've got here. And there are folks that have had to handle things that in, in, in such a way that they have some wisdom that you don't have. They have some wisdom I don't have. And uh, if, if various things were to happen in my life, and they have over the last you know, many years, uh, I've gone to them and said, hey, can I ask you about this? Can I ask you about that? Can I get your wisdom on this? Can I get your wisdom on that? But we need to be careful who we ask. Uh, your counselors should be wise. Now, that doesn't mean they know everything, but they should be wise. Don't go to someone just because they're your friend. They might be your friend, but they might not be real wise in that particular area. They might be wise in another area, but not in that area. Uh, make sure that your counselors are wise. Uh, they should be people that are also concerned about, about witnessing and being soul winners. And they should have a right attitude toward authority. I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't go to rebels and ask for counsel. I just don't. Why? Well, because I don't think they've got a whole lot of wisdom. And uh, if, if, uh, if a person's a rebel, God's not going to give them much wisdom. And so we need to be careful. Uh, they should be, they should be, uh, obedient Christians they should be obedient folks now there's times when you might you might go to a lost person for counsel but obviously it's not spiritual counsel that you go to them for you go to spiritual people for spiritual counsel um, they should they should they should include your authorities and they should also include uh, people that you honor people that uh, that you think much of because of the wisdom that you have seen 
displayed in your life so so a wise person seeks counsel and then when they when they get it they they hearken to it another another thing a wise person does proverbs 29 proverbs 29 Proverbs 29, look down in verse 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Uh, a wise person doesn't make snap judgments. They guard their tongue. They watch the words of their mouth. Uh, most people will give you a piece of their mind and, and honestly, they can't afford it, okay? Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be quick to flip out on, a, on an opinion, on a thought. Uh, be careful of that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not wisdom. Uh, the fool can't wait to get give his opinion. They can't wait until you're done so that they can step in and tell you what, what they think. And the truth of the matter is, you've played the fool before, and I've played the fool before. Um, you know, we've, we've opened our mouth and inserted our foot, uh, said things that, that we should not have said, and, and uh, made judgments uh, at the drop of a hat before we get all the information. Uh, the wise man waits until he gets all the facts and all the facts are in and then even then sometimes they're they're quiet uh, it was said of mary after she got all the facts from the angel about the virgin birth it said she pondered those things in her heart she didn't run out and go tell everybody she pondered them she thought about them now, obviously she'd have to confront people later about about the thing and, uh, you know, she confronted Joseph, and I'm sure, uh, it doesn't say in Scripture, but I'm sure that she confronted others because, obviously, she started to show and was pregnant and had to, to let other people know. She, she spoke with uh, her cousin Elizabeth about that. And, and uh, uh, so, but, but before she did any of that, she sat and she pondered those things in her heart. That's the, that's the characteristic of a wise person. Go to, go to Proverbs 10 and look down in verse 19. This goes hand in hand with it. Proverbs 10, verse 19. It says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. All that simply means is the more you talk, the more opportunities you have to say the wrong thing. <laughs> the, 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 the more words you utter, the, uh, the, the more possibility you have of sticking your foot in your mouth, the more possibility you have of sinning with your lips. Uh, be careful of what you say. There are, there are times when you can say something, but you just shouldn't. Um, be careful of being known as a person that runs off at the mouth. And, and when I say that, I, I just simply mean you talk and 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 you talk. If you realize you're doing that, you know what you need to do? You probably need to zip the lip and just step back a little bit. Because you're probably about to say something that you should not say. A wise man, a wise person refrains their lips. 
and they wait until all of the information comes in or a significant amount of the information comes in before they, before they, they uh, uh, make statements on it. And along with that, and this kind of goes hand in hand, be, 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 be careful of unplanned, unstructured fellowship. Be careful of it. I'm not saying don't ever have it. I'm just saying be careful of it. Um, usually what happens is it, it uh, degenerates and it goes downhill. This, this is usually the process. This is the, the, the stages that it takes. It starts with ideas and then it goes down to things and then it goes to people and then it goes to a critical spirit and it goes to scorning. And the Bible says in Psalm 1, blesses the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Uh, he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. And just as that thing starts with uh, walking, then goes to sitting, then goes to, uh, or excuse me, standing, and then goes to sitting, walk, standing, sitting, that's what happens to our conversation if we're not careful of it. We need, to, we need to put a watch on our lips. So a wise person doesn't make snap decisions and they guard their tongue. Then the last thing, Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, look down in verse 16. Proverbs 14, 16 says, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. A wise person fears evil, understands that it can hurt them, and departs from it. They depart from it. A wise person knows that they're no match for sin. And that can be said of every person in this congregation, including the preacher. The uh, Bible says, uh, flee youthful lusts. Why? Because they'll eat you up. They'll, they'll eat you up, swallow you, and then regurgitate you and spit you out. Uh, you, you, you are no match for sin. And a wise person understands that and, and is afraid of what sin can do to him and realizes he's no match for it. He doesn't play with it. He just he realizes when, when God puts the light on it and he realizes it's wrong, he goes in the other direction. Uh, Romans chapter 16 and verse 19 has been a verse it's really helped me a lot uh, in my in my Christian life, and uh, helped me avoid a lot of a, a lot of problems. It says Paul was saying this to to the Roman Christians. He said, "I, I would have you wise unto that which is good, and simple concerning evil." <clears throat> when my wife and I got married, I I came to a realization. I realized that she and I. And I, I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't catch it right away and the, diff, the, the gross differences. But she was, she was raised in a Christian environment. I was not. So because of that, there were some things that I knew about. And I'm not talking about good stuff. I'm talking about junk. I'm talking about evil. I'm talking about sin. There were some things that I knew. I didn't get saved till I was 17. There were some things I knew that she did not know. And the, the, the time it really hit me was we were down at school, 
And we lived in an, an apartment that the school provided. We had to pay rent, but I think it was something like $75 a month or some ridiculous amount like that. Pretty sure it was $75. And uh, uh, we, we were there, and she was invited by some other ladies, and some she already knew, most of them she knew, to go over to, to their, their apartment and have an evening fellowship. I don't remember what they did, if they played a game or whatever. And uh, so she went. And she came back, and she was a little discouraged. And she said, uh, she says, you know, she says, um, I, I went to that thing, and, and, and they were talking about a bunch of stuff, and a bunch of things that I, I just really didn't, I wasn't familiar with. She said, I felt very disconnected from the group. And I said, well, what did they talk about? And she was telling me, oh, they're talking about movies, and they're talking about secular books that they read, and this, that, and the other thing, and I just don't know about all that stuff. And then I realized I'd married a jewel <laughs> because she was simple concerning evil. You know, sometimes we, we look at our kids and we bring them up in a clean environment, not a sheltered environment, uh, a sheltered environment is one that does not teach them how to handle the world. We need to teach them how to handle the world, but keep them from the evil. Uh, you know, they don't need to know the details in order to know that something's wrong. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the old, well, you don't, know, you don't know what a drunk has to deal with, so you need to get drunk at least once. That's stupid, okay? That's, that's not wise. Uh, a person that is wise sees the evil, recognizes it for what it is, and goes in the other direction, and, and realizes that I don't need to know all the details about, about this. I need to be simple concerning evil and wise concerning that which is good. And a person who's foolish always thinks that they can beat the odds. You can't beat the odds. Sin always will hurt you. Sin is never your friend. There was a, a young man that was in my youth group in Green Bay. His name was Mike. Mike was, was a sharp kid. I mean, a sharp kid. He got saved. He came from a, a rough home, a split home. He lived with his mom. His brother was, was cracker bananas. I mean, he was just nuts. I had to deal with him too. But Mike was different from his brother, thankfully. And uh, uh, Mike ended up, you know, really rising to the top in our youth group. He was a witness. He was a testimony. He was there every service. He was a good guy. And then as he got a little bit older, he got covetous. And he started to, he, he started to, to play with, with getting things and wanting things. And he started to play with covetousness. And, you know, it's not a sin that we usually think of that will take a person down, but it will take a person down because it's sin. And, and this is a guy who uh, went to, as a teenager, went to, to uh, they had ACE preaching competitions. And he not only won the state, but he went in and won second or third place, I think it was something like that, at nationals. I mean, best, one, of the, one of the best in the country, I mean, this kid could preach. He was a good preacher. But you know what happened? Covetousness got him. 
You know what he's doing today? As far as I know, he's doing nothing. He's gotten married, had kids, he's got a split home. Uh, his life is an absolute mess. Uh, you know why? Because he didn't fear evil when he saw it, and he didn't depart from it. Just, just understand that uh, you're wise if you realize you can't beat that kind of thing. Uh, all these things are, are characteristic of people that are wise. A person who's wise fears and departs from evil. A person that's wise doesn't make snap judgments and they know how to control their tongue. A person who's wise is a witness. They win souls. A person that is wise receives commandments. A person that's wise seeks after counsel and hearkens to it. Question I have for you tonight is, is plain and it's simple. Are you, according to the Bible, are you wise? And if you're not in some areas, what are you going to do about your lack of wisdom? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see just how important it is in this world to become and be and maintain wisdom. Lord, these, these five characteristics of a wise person are simple, but, the, but they're very, very important. God, I pray that we would examine our own lives tonight and wherever we happen to be short, maybe we've, maybe we've made even this week, based upon those five things, we've made some wrong decisions this week. Now help us to be willing to realize that those things are sin confess it, and then make a plan for steering away from those things the next time around. God, as your people, we need wisdom. And you've told us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But Lord, it's also true that we need to respond properly in these five areas, or there will be no wisdom to get. God, I pray that you just speak to our hearts tonight and help us to just have a desire. And that's a desire to be wise. Not so we can shine, not so that other people can see it, but so that we can please our God and we can have a life that's a life of wisdom rather than a life of foolishness. As I read through the book of Proverbs and I read about the fool, uh, it's just destruction, and it's a mess, and it's full of sin. I don't want to be that fool. I want to be a wise person. God, speak to our hearts tonight, and as you do, may we respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.